0: Thank you for downloading the Walking on Air podcast. Before I begin, I would like to thank the three fantastic sponsors of this podcast. Where are you going on holiday this year? Will you be exploring the mysterious moorlands of Dartmoor or the lovely lakes of the Lake District? Perhaps you would like an adventure in Andalusia or an autumnal wine walk in Sicily or Spain? Do you want to return to the roots of Nordic walking and have a go at cross-country skiing in Norway Or are you looking for a challenge walk somewhere further afield in Africa, India or Canada? You can find holidays to all these incredible destinations and many more at walkingwomen.com. Local women guides provide in-depth knowledge of each area and will encourage you to walk a little longer and walk a little higher. Use the discount code WOA23 to get a £50 discount off your next walking holiday. Walking women take care of the organisation so you can take care of yourself. The next sponsor is the go-to supplier of brilliant Nordic Walking Poles. NordicWalk.store is the leading independent online retailer of quality Nordic Walking Poles in the UK. Always warm and friendly, I can vouch for the fact that you will get excellent customer service in their capable hands. NordicWalk.store will deliver Leckie and Excel polls the next day anywhere in the UK and if you need advice about which poll is right for you, then contact Paula, who is always happy to help answer your questions. And finally, have you ever considered turning an activity you love into your actual job? If you enjoy being outdoors, meeting new people and staying fit, why not train to become an instructor yourself? British Nordic Walking offers internationally recognised, high-quality instructor courses and provides amazing ongoing support for its instructor network. If this sounds tempting, then you can book an instructor training course with a £25 discount if you visit www.britishnordicwalking.org.uk, click on the Train With Us tab and book using the discount code WALKING23. I trained with British Nordic Walking back in 2014 and it provided me with all the information I needed to start teaching and gave me the confidence to set up as an instructor on my own. As a British Nordic Walking instructor, you too will benefit from ongoing support from the community and CPD opportunities to enhance your own knowledge. Further details, discount codes and links to the sponsors' websites can be found in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Walking on Air podcast, winner of the Inspiration of the Year Award in the Community Sports and Recreation Alliance Awards for 2022. This podcast is for the whole Nordic walking community, from beginner to instructor wherever you are in the world. I'm Mary Tweed, an instructor with British Nordic Walking, And each week, I will be discussing various topics with Nordic walkers who are experts in their own particular fields, covering a diverse range of topics about ways in which Nordic walking benefits health and well-being. If you find this podcast beneficial, then I would be extremely grateful if you would consider occasionally making a small donation, the price of a cup of coffee, by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash walking on air. This helps cover the cost of producing these podcasts. Today, I am once again speaking to British Nordic Walking national trainer Steve Ellis from Malmesbury, Wiltshire. Steve founded Gemini Outdoor Adventure Limited and is a qualified mountain leader and international mountain leader. Steve is about to move to New Zealand, where he will continue his work as a national trainer. During our chat, he mentions two other national trainers who have been fantastic guests on this show. Steve was initially trained by Karen Ingram, who has appeared twice to discuss how Nordic walking can help reduce back pain, as well as explaining everything we need to know about Nordic walking poles. Catherine Hughes, who is CEO of British Nordic Walking, has shared her knowledge with this show about the history of Nordic Walking. I will put links to those episodes in the show notes. Steve mentions INWA on several occasions, which is the term used for the International Nordic Walking Association, of which British Nordic Walking is a member. Steve joins me today to explain what is involved in the role of a national trainer and how he came to qualify. Welcome back to Walking On Air. Steve Ellis, it's lovely to see you again today.
1: Good morning, Mary. Always lovely to be back.
0: Now, I know you've got a lot on your plate at the moment. Could you just give the audience a little flavour of what you're up to right now?
1: um well as we have already spoken about um, we have got this little move across the other side of the world um coming up very shortly probably in the next six to eight weeks um we are moving as a family out to new zealand to emigrate um with uh, a job that my wife has got she's a very clever lady and there's uh, her skills are being appreciated in new zealand which is great um so my plans are We're still Nordic walking around Malmesbury and still doing Cotswold Way with our friend Simon. And we're still going to go out to the mountains as much as I can until we go. And then when we get to New Zealand, I have to wait for my work permit so I can start running classes again. But I will be taking my poles in my luggage and uh, I'll be clodding out uh, when I can, when the time allows me to do. So, uh, yeah, so I'll be hitting the streets of New Zealand very soon.
0: And the poles will help you explore your new environment and get to know your new place of living.
1: They will. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I'm going to meet loads of Nordic walkers out there. I've already been in touch with our friend from Inward, June Stevenson, who runs uh, Nordic Walking Kiwi. So I'll be touching base with June. So uh, I'll meet, hopefully I'll meet lots and lots of new Nordic walkers as well. Yeah.
0: How exciting. Well, really good luck with that when, uh, when you do Thank finally you. manage to fly across. Today we're talking about Nordic walking careers and becoming a national trainer. So I want to start by asking how soon after qualifying as a Nordic walking instructor did you decide you wanted to become a national trainer?
1: Well, um, I qualified in, I think it was September 2011. And literally within 30 seconds of me qualifying, I asked Karen, what do I need to do to become a national trainer? OK, that would be <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I come from a background of, you know, the outdoors and the instructing and qualified teacher and all the rest. And I just wanted to jump straight in there with a new challenge. You know, being an instructor just simply wasn't enough. But Karen quite rightly said, well, you need to get a bit more experience in the belt. And really, there isn't a space for you at the moment so I kind of um yeah that's how I kind of sewed the ideas in my own head but I was never happy with that because that's not the kind of person I am.
0: How did you then go about becoming a national trainer? Well it was uh 12
1: 2012 or 2013 International Nordic Walking Day um my group met up with Karen's group at a venue in Wales and uh I was walking with Karen and I just said, right, how about this, me becoming a national trainer? She said, well, there isn't really a space for you. I said, well, actually, there is. There's a whole market you haven't tapped into, which was the mountaineering market. So we had a chat about it. And because of my links with British Association of International Mountain Leaders and mountain training and stuff, I sort of sold myself a position. So that's how it came about, really. and. Karen went away, she had a chat with Catherine, because they were both directors at the time, and they agreed that, you know, as long as I could fund it myself, I could go and do the national trainer course. So that's what I did.
0: So to be clear, is there a limited number of national trainers per country? How does it work?
1: Well, there isn't a limited number. So there's six of us at the moment. We cover the the four countries of the UK. Um, There's two for England, and Tatiana is a Brazilian binational and she qualified as that, um, but I think um, no, there isn't no rules really as to how many you have. I mean, in New Zealand, for example, there's only one, whereas in China, I believe there's several hundred, oh, wow. um, because obviously they've got such a great big audience there, I mean, something like five million Nordic walkers in in China, you know. So, which would be great for us as national trainers teaching that. But. Yeah. You no, know, because they need instructors. So, but no, there is no, there is no number. It's all about supply and demand, and I think that's where it all comes down from. So, obviously, when they started, Catherine and um, Karen were the first two national trainers in the UK within So, you know, and it's grown as a result of that.
0: And what training did you have to undertake?
1: I had The arduous task of going out to Poland um, to Gdańsk and meeting other wannabe national trainers from Poland, from Slovakia, China, France, Italy, Spain, and we all met um, in a room. Some of them could speak English, some of them couldn't. Oh, there's a couple of Russians in there as well. Um, Yes, some could speak English, some couldn't. Um, There's lots of translation going on, but the national trainer course is delivered in English, so for us it was quite easy. I was on it with Arlene, who's the national trainer for Scotland. So we did five days of training out in Gdansk um, and that then led into the uh in the conference so that was 2013 that uh, I did that yeah so it was a um, it was a good course really good course. can
0: you give a flavor of what the content of the course was and how it differed from the course that just to become a, a Nordic walking instructor
1: yeah so we go into um a lot more depth about uh, you know in where and how the 10 steps came about um about the technique you know and go into the minutiae of the technique as well which is the bit that I really like as a as a former engineer I like the nuts and bolts of things and I like to understand things in first principles so for me that was really interesting and also working with Uh, different groups of people. You know how to work with different groups of people. And of course, as instructors, I mean, you know from yourself, when you went on your instructor course, as I did with mine, the whole background of people decide they want to be instructed. You know, some have got experience, some haven't. You know, so it's, this is really where the teaching skills come in because you need to know how to teach the same thing in various different ways and at various different levels. Because some people you have who are, qualified uh, as Nordic walkers already, you know, and they've got bags and bags of experience. So they're right up here. I've got my arms up quite high here. And then you've got some people who come in right grassroots level, never even seen a pair of poles. So you've got to try and as an, as a national trainer, you've got to be able to meet both elements and keep everybody engaged and at the same level, if you like. So there's a steep learning curve for people who've never done anything. But I find actually, when, you, when you're when you teaching people who haven't got any knowledge, it's a blank canvas and yeah. it can actually be easier. And because uh, I find a lot of people, they get into bad habits, you know, bending elbows and, you know, maybe bringing their arms out too far forward so they can't extend rearwards far enough. You know, things like that, you get that from being experienced. You know, particularly if you don't have anybody um, monitoring what you're doing. And that was something that, I realized really soon after qualifying as national trainer that after qualifying as an instructor, I hadn't really had anybody look at my technique. And I thought, that is wrong, and, and I'm going to change that. Uh, so um, I have always said to everybody I've trained on instructor courses that you know I am here to help you develop your technique as an instructor, but also as a Nordic walker. So if you want to send me a video of you Nordic walking, um, I will help you, you know, and I've had lots and lots of people over the years who are instructors have sent me a wee video, um, which only has to be 30 seconds or so. And then we've gone into that detail and using various things I do with um, my iPad and freeze framing and using the pen and stuff, stuff like that. I've been able to help people remotely. And, and that was no more evident than during lockdown, yes. which I offer the same service to everybody and i had uh, four or five people who said that they wanted to to be helped and i went on to help them and then i ran a bit of a development course for them after that as well just to help them develop their 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 own personal nordic walking and i think that's really important that we never lose sight of the fact that we as nordic walkers don't always get it right yeah. you know and i'm first put my hand up and say i need you guys to show tell me when i'm not doing it right You know, and I'm very lucky that I've got a bunch of people who I've trained to a good high level. And if I'm not doing something right, they will tell me and and they don't have any fears about telling me that. And that is good. That is positive. And I like that. And I think a lot more people should be um, should be going that way. Yeah,
0: it is. It's very easy to slip into bad habits. I was doing the slap drill not that long ago with a group Mm. of my regular class. And we were an uneven yeah. number. So I filled in and it was with a lady who's quite experienced. So I said, OK, actually, I'm going to have a go myself and be the person at the front. Mm. And at the end, she said, do you realize that you don't take your right arm back as far as your left? And I said, I had no idea whatsoever, but it's been mm. brilliant to remind me because I've broken that arm a few times. And so now I consciously have been working on that right arm. But it right. tells you you don't know.
1: No, no. The best thing to do is, I mean, this is for not just for instructors, but for anybody. just set your mobile phone up, lean it up against something, video yourself and have a look at it. And you'll be surprised at um, the things that you reveal. I had one lady um, who I trained, I don't know, four or five years ago, and she was confident that her arms were coming back and everything was uh, really nice. And I walked by her one point and uh, didn't tell her that I was videoing her. Just twenty seconds video, and I showed her, and she was absolutely horrified. She thought her arms were straight. She thought they were coming back beyond the hips, and they weren't no either of those. But in our heads, we trick ourselves, feeling that, yeah, yes, we're doing it right. Mm. Um, tell you what, it's another good tip as well for people, um, particularly if you're in urban areas, walk past shop windows and have yeah. a look at your technique. Yeah, that's a really good one. So that's why I did my first dive.
0: I think quite a lot of instructors use. A fair amount of video analysis which can be incredibly helpful for our clients because it does highlight the things they're doing well as well as the things they're yeah. doing badly and i find particularly with a lot of female clients they say oh i'm doing this wrong and that wrong and i quite like using the video to show them what they're doing right and give them that boost yeah. I find that's
1: quite useful. Using a masterclass kind of scenario works really well. Just Mm -hmm. identifying one element and then working on that, that works really well.
0: How many people do you train to become instructors every year?
1: Uh, I run about five courses a year, which are the British Nordic walking courses. And I probably train five or six on each. So maybe anything 20 to 30 people per year. Um, But I also do cpd for the british association of international mountain leaders and i run courses for them as well and we catherine and i had to tag team on one course with them and we had 22 people on one instructor course at plaza brennan Um, so we do run big courses but then when we do that we have to um we have to double up because you just can't teach that many people no Um, i find five or six is a really good number because you get to spend a lot of time with everybody then
0: what do you find most rewarding about instructing the next generation of Nordic walking instructors?
1: Good question. It's seeing that blank canvas being painted. It's a bit like the military. When you join the military, they break you down and they build you up again. So with people who've got no experience, it's easy. So we just, you know, we, we take them up and, and we teach them. People who've got lots of experience, we have to sort of, Not break them down, it's not a very nice word, but you know what I mean? We have to take them back to a basic level and then build that up again. And what I find is really satisfying is seeing those people leave after day two and they're really focused on what they're doing. And because they've had such an intense experience over the, the two days, they're tired, but they're doing it without even thinking about it. And I think that is really satisfying. And then, But even more satisfying than that is when you get people coming back to you with questions and they're challenging me to think, right, what, how do I overcome such and such? Um, that's nice. And, and also going out with other people and, you know, seeing how they've developed. You know, I've been out with a lot of people over the years. Um, they've come on my weekends and stuff in the mountains. And just watching them and just – I remember some people who've been shrinking violets – when they've joined the course they've been so nervous in fact I've got one lady now uh, Mandy who's uh, she's been one of my clients now for five or six years and Mandy's a really quiet lady she's lovely she's very nervous she did the course and I remember saying to her afterwards after day one how are you feeling she said oh my god I'm so terrified seeing you stood there at the front you know even though I've known her for five or six years and now she's she's pushing the boundaries and she's really really developing into a fantastic instructor she's got great presence she's leading some fantastic walks full of information which I love and really looking after everybody in terms of their safety but also in terms of developing their technique and she's done that she's turned herself around in terms of what I've seen and it's just seeing things like that are so nice and and seeing people who have you've, you've, you've taught going on to do bigger and better things and you know, it's just it's just so nice seeing people develop and, and seeing them learn and seeing them smile and enjoying it. And that's really important as well. Yeah, I opposed to be totally frightened of the whole experience.
0: And in terms of career development, what's the next step for a national trainer?
1: Well, the next step for a national trainer is really to um, become an international trainer. So, um, you know, that's the next step, really. You know, I a bit like I was after qualifying as an instructor. You know, I'm never happy to just go to speed uh, that thing. You know, I, I'm going to push to be an international trainer and hopefully that will happen um, in the near future. You know, but, you know, there are only three international trainers. So, yeah. And so is that, that so. is
0: a limited number, is it?
1: No, that's just how many there are at the moment. You know, it's... Um, uh, well, there's actually only two at the moment because one of them has uh, has has left um, to pursue his career in uh, in science. But um, yeah, you know we'll we'll see what happens on that front. Me being me, I've let it known that I would like to become an international trainer, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens.
0: Well, we'll all be keeping our fingers crossed on that front scene for you. Um, and I wish you Thank well you. with that. So, obviously, you're about to head off to New Zealand. Do you think working as a national trainer over there will differ in any, any way from working in the UK as a national trainer?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, first of all, there isn't that many people out there. You know, this population of 5 million instead of 65 million. Therefore, there's probably going to be fewer courses. I, I'm still in the stage of of um, liaising with June to you know to tra- transfer my national trainer status across to New Zealand. Um, so once that's done, it's that's going to be uh, one obstacle to overcome. But also, I think culturally, I need to learn what New Zealand people are like. You know what makes them tick, and um, you know I'm I'm looking forward to that challenge. You know, it's, culturally, it's going to be a huge difference for me. The good thing about New Zealand is it's uh, there aren't that many people not walking. So, you know, my plan is to, to do what I've done here, is to open people's eyes to what it is and, you know, try and develop it. And the difference between New Zealand people and UK people is Kiwis are very self-dependent. They're very motivated to be in the outdoors anyway. So, you know, they may not feel as though poles are the right thing for them. So, you know, I'm going to have to overcome those barriers just like the barriers we go over here with people saying, where's your skis and, you know, where's the snow and all the rest of that. It's going to be, well, why do I need poles? It's a very outgoing, adventurous society I'm going to be going into. And I'm so looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to that challenge and I'm looking forward to helping Nordic walking in New Zealand develop.
0: Well, please stay in touch with the show because we'd like to find out more, to find out how this challenge has gone. It sounds like a, you've got a clean slate and you can just almost build on it what you want that's very exciting so my final okay, question is, what is your top tip for walking on air
1: you know i've listened to every single episode of yours that you've done and there are so many uh, great top tips um but i'm still going to go with the one i said first time you just take every step as it comes and enjoy the moment um it's too easy to reflect on what you've done or what's ahead of you, but actually what you need to do is enjoy them now. So enjoy the now, enjoy the great weather that we're having at the moment. Enjoy the fact that the paths are dry and they're not muddy, you know, and just enjoy the fact that, you know, everybody's happy, we're not in lockdown anymore and just enjoy that, just enjoy the moment. That's my top tip.
0: Thank you very much, Steve, for coming back onto Walking On Air. We look forward to welcoming welcome. you back in the future. You're always full of great advice and great expertise and knowledge. And very good luck with your imminent move.
1: Thank you, Mary. Much appreciated. I hope we speak to you soon from the other side of the world. Brilliant. If not sooner.
0: I hope that you have enjoyed walking on air and if so then I would be extremely grateful if you could spare 30 seconds to like and review this podcast on the platform that you listen on and hit the subscribe button particularly if you listen on Apple. It will help spread the word about Nordic walking and about this podcast. If you have any feedback, suggestions of a topic or a story that you want to share on this podcast please get in touch by emailing Hello at walkingonairpodcast.co.uk. You can also follow the show on social media. On Facebook, it is simply Walking On Air, and on Instagram, the handle is walking underscore on underscore air podcast. Have a great week and happy Nordic walking. Finally, before I go, I would just like to thank this episode's sponsors, British Nordic Walking, NordicWalk.store and Walking Women. Their support enables our community to share knowledge and learn together.